The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 137. With over 600 million albums sold, the Beatles are the best-selling artists of all time. Followed by Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton John, Led Zeppelin, and Pink Floyd. I guess this whole rock and roll thing wasn't a fad after all. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is Beatles fan, (laughs) Ocean City, New Jersey native, quote unquote, and founder of one of the coolest travel sites out there, Denise Chaikin from Magical Mystery Tours. Denise, thanks for joining me today in person, and welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there's not usually many opportunities to do travel podcasts in Ocean City here in the winter. Believe it or not, we are sitting in the same room together. And what's interesting about this podcast, it's probably the most roundabout way that I've actually had someone on the show. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background because this is an interesting story. Back about a year and a half ago, a friend of mine told me that they saw this company in Oprah Magazine. And they said, oh, they do these mystery like vacations. I'm like, what is that? And he said, have you ever heard of that? I think they're from out of Philadelphia. And I said, no, I haven't heard about it. Looked up your website, saw that you were from Philly. We chatted a little bit and I always want to have you on the podcast and it didn't work for whatever reason. And then we kind of just lost touch. And then four days ago, I get a little comment on the bottom of the relationships podcast that we did. And it said, you're in Ocean City, New Jersey. So am I. And so I thought, well, this is interesting. We got in touch. And then four days later, here we are, two of the seven people on this entire island sitting here doing a travel podcast. Exactly. Yeah. It, we are in a beach town in the winter. So um, seeing that anybody else was in town was surprising. And I figured I had to say hi. Yeah. And here we are. So we're doing it in person. Those of you who have been listening know that I've been in Ocean City, New Jersey for the last week. It's a little desolate, but it's great. And now we get to record a podcast. We just happen to run into each other. So really cool stuff. I guess it's the natural progression to go from Oprah Magazine to the EPOP Travel Podcast. Clearly. I mean, Oprah, Oprah really set me up for this. I'd like to think her for that. I'm sure she'll be jealous that I've moved on. I, I've We've heard a few other guests say the same thing. So, so let's start then because I was hyping up Magical Mystery Tours and that's because I think it's such a neat idea. So explain to people who haven't heard about your company and who haven't read about you in Oprah what Magical Mystery Tours is and what it does. So Magical Mystery Tours is a travel company that sets up custom mystery trips. So basically, we chat with people, find out what they want in a vacation. But the key factor here is you don't find out where you're going until you get to the airport. And then it's a surprise and you get to find out where you're going. So Magical Mystery Tours handles everything. And the people who are going on the trip, whether it's a couple or a group of people, they don't know anything about their trip prior to actually 
basically getting on the plane. Yep, exactly. So when somebody says they want to do a mystery trip, they fill out a survey on our website and tell us what they want. Are you campers? Do you insist that you go to the Ritz? Where have you been? What do you like? They tell us what we need to know to be able to plan a great vacation for them. Then a week out, they get a weather report. That's the one little piece of information they do get. So they get the weather report. They find out when to show up at the airport. And then um, we send them a packet full of information, where you're flying, where you're staying, all that. But yeah, it's a total surprise. And these trips... What are they generally? Do they run in length from a long weekend trip to multiple weeks? Is there kind of a defined area that you usually specialize in or can it can it be anything? It is absolutely anything. And I think you got it right. It sort of starts at a long weekend, but we've had multi-week trips that have done multiple countries. And that's the key. It's custom. So it's not like we have five destinations in our back pocket and we just kind of pull one out of a hat. It's we look at you and what you want and what you like. And then we build something out that we know our travelers will love. So that's a lot of pressure, right? (laughs) I mean, you're someone is putting their vacation in your hands. I think I would feel that there'd be some some pressure there. Absolutely. It's it's funny. Um, my partner, Stephanie, texted me last night. I get home. We, we'd all gone out for drinks. And she just says, look at the email from Katie, one of our other travel planners. And I'm like, oh, now somebody's stuck in Alaska. There's a hurricane somewhere. And it was just, we were missing a password for one of our booking sites. I was like, Stephanie, you're giving me a panic attack here. But yeah, it is a lot of pressure because it's It's a huge privilege. People are trusting us with their vacations, and we take that really seriously. We have to do a great job, and I think I think the day I stop panicking will be the day that I'm done. Because yeah, the day gets boring to you. If you're not panicking about (laughs) it, then it kind of takes the fun and excitement out of it for you. Yes, and thankfully, I mean, we've had very few issues that have actually been worthy of the panic we put into it. But yeah, it's. We're the one that know the details. It's if there's a hurricane somewhere, the, the travelers can't be ready for that. They don't know they're going there. So, so yeah, it's, it's a good kind of pressure. So what made you come up with this idea for Magical Mystery Tours? Because we were talking last night a little bit and I asked you, you know, does anyone else do this? And you said, no, not really. I mean, there's a few companies that do something a little bit similar, but no one's doing it on this scale, sending people all over the world. How did you come up with this idea and why did you think, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, I'm going to put this self-made stress and pressure on me because I like doing it so much. So, so I wish I could tell you I came up with this idea and wanted to be entrepreneurial and start a, a company. But actually, I mean, I've always just loved travel. I traveled a ton for work. I was always on the road. And I had a friend who was telling me how busy he was. He was a lawyer. And I was like, oh, you need a vacation. He's like, oh, I don't have time to plan that. And clearly, I love planning trips. So I was like, oh, I'll just plan it for you. Just give me a budget. I'll I'll send you somewhere. He's like, really? So somehow in this process, I was like, hey, I'm planning a trip for you. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm just going to plan it. And he went for it. So not, I mean, he wasn't paying me. It was just sort of a, a random thing we tried. So I went for it. And my best friend, Stephanie, my partner, in Magical Mystery Tours, we went to college together. So I pulled her in. I was like, oh, man, I'm so nervous about this. I'm sending this guy somewhere. 
So we ended up sending him to San Francisco. He'd never been. It was great. At that time, I was like, can you can you do this? Can you just put somebody on a plane and they don't know it? And the answer is yes. I guess we'll find out. Um, and yeah. So it worked. And all these other people are saying, this is, this is really neat. We want to do this. You should start this. You should try it. So we just kind of started small and experimented and thankfully have not had major issues. And, and it clicked and it does work. So it just kind of grew from there. And so did it then spread mostly word of mouth through people who told other people? I mean, was there kind of a a tipping point, a big rush that came in that you thought, all right, this is actually going to work on a larger scale than just my little circle of friends <laughs> or of influence? You know, I think you're exactly right. It was It was friends and then it was friends of friends. And then I think there was a day where like this person found our website and we don't know who they are and they don't know who we are. Yeah. And then I think travel writers are always looking for something new to write about and they've covered every destination there is. So we got lucky with that um, and started having some media hits and yeah, it's just grown from there. And now we have a solid base of awesome travelers and their friends and I'm not exactly sure where everybody's coming from, but it works for us. It's kind of the progression of a lot of businesses, whether it be like a website like I run or what you do, where, you know, in the beginning it is small and then people find out and then you do get that first person that you have no idea where they came from and it's super exciting. And then it just builds and builds and builds slowly. It's and for us at least slowly, but in a good way. And then all of a sudden you're just getting people from all over the world who are finding your stuff, liking your stuff, booking trips with you and all of a sudden you you really have some influence on some people's lives. Exactly. And I think that's what is so exciting about this. We're planning people's honeymoons, their 25th anniversary trips. And it's really big aspects of people's lives that we get a little window into. And it's really fun to do that. Have you had many repeat customers then, people who have booked with you and thought, I'm never going to book my own stuff again because this is just such a cool feeling to really just show up and have someone do it for me and be surprised. We have. And I think that's one of the most satisfying aspects of this when somebody comes back. And I think a lot of us out there, I mean, you and I included, it's fun to book your own travel and you think you're good at it. But at the same time, it can be really hard. It's a ton of work. So I think there's a lot of people kind of in our generation saying, I would never use a travel agent. I can do this. But then we'll have people who we plan their mystery trip and they come back and they're like, that was really easy and you guys did a really good job and we didn't overpay for things. So, hey, I want to go to Spain. I want to go here. Just just book it for me. We know you do mystery trips, but just make this happen. And okay, we so you love do doing that. Standard trips too. Like if someone yeah. wants to come and says, I have an idea of where I want to go. I don't want it to be a mystery, but I basically don't want to do any of the work around it. Can you set me here and you will do that. Absolutely. I mean, we think mystery trips are lots of fun. That's our niche. But at the same time, we're not travel dictators here. We will do what the customers want. And we'll have people who come in saying they want a mystery trip and then might freak out a little bit or like, my husband is going to kill me if we do this. Can you just tell us where we're going or give us some options? So yes, we do lots of mystery trips. That's the majority of what we do. But yeah, we will totally plan a trip to Australia or London or whatever if that's what somebody wants. So if someone is sitting here and they're thinking, all right, that sounds pretty cool, but I want a little bit of control over my trip, you'll, you'll give them however much they want in essence. So would 
could someone do a mystery trip but say, I only want to go to South America or I only want to go to a beach. I don't care if it's in Thailand or Bali or Argentina or whatever. Like there are, they can pick certain things if they do want to do a mystery trip, but they don't want to just be sent anywhere. Exactly. And I would say most of our most of our travelers do that. They tell us where they've been, what they like. I mean, we'll have people tell us about food allergies. We've had people say, I am terrified of spiders. So like no rainforests. But every trip's customized. So that's fine. We want people to have an amazing trip. And whatever it takes to do that is fine. We want to know if you have things you're scared of or know you hate or love. So yeah, whatever whatever people want, we can usually make happen. Is there a profile of the typical person who comes to your site and books a mystery trip? Or is it really young, old, couples, groups? You know, does it run the gamut almost completely through? You know, it's funny. We just did, we sort of did a breakdown of the demographics of everybody we've done trips for. And I was thinking there would be this magic answer and then we can market to these people. But it is everybody. I mean, we've done trips for extended families where it's, you've got babies and parents and grandparents going. We've had like college kids who we've planned for. Um, We've had a lot of retired couples. I would say Probably 75% of our trips are for couples, but I mean, we've really had everybody. What about the range of budgets? Because I'm sure, because you mentioned like planning trips for college kids, obviously, unless they're super wealthy, (laughs) they probably don't have a huge budget. So you can plan trips for almost any range of budget or is it, or do you specialize or do you only take people who are above a certain amount or below a certain amount or, or anything Well, like that? we're all over the place. We pretty much say that a long weekend mystery trip for a couple starts around 1200 We want to be comfortable with where we're sending you. And I mean, hostels are amazing. There's great hostels out there, but unless I've seen it, I don't feel comfortable sending somebody there. So that's kind of our minimum where we can say, hey, you have your own bathroom. It's clean. It's safe. Granted, I mean, on a $1,200 budget, you're not going to be in Thailand or Australia, but we can totally find a city you haven't been to that'll be amazing. So that's sort of where trips start. And then, I mean, budget-wise, I mean, we've done $50,000 trips. I mean, that's not that's not the norm, but we've done it, and those are lots of fun, too. Right. So you'll work all the way up to the most posh yes. trips imaginable. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've chartered boats and done, like, big family Christmas trips on a chartered boat off of Central America, things like that. So, yeah. So trips that you're you sitting there thinking, oh, man, I wish I could hop on this myself. <laughs> I wish I could get in on this mystery trip. That is one of the hardest parts for us at Magical Mystery Tours. I mean, you're living vicariously through all these people's trips thinking, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I want to go on all of these. So that's not exactly feasible. <laughs> no, you have the wanderlust every day, right? Constantly yes. pecking away at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no wonder then that you want to travel all the time because you just can't <laughs> help it. That's the same way with me. I'll have people email me, just got back from here. Even if I'm going on a trip in like three weeks, I think that's so awesome. Like, wait, can I change my travel plans to now go down to Peru? They just came from Peru. They said it was great. And you just constantly want to go everywhere that everyone talks to you about. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you feel this way too. But any trip, you're thinking, oh, this is important research for my job that I need to go check this out. And, of course, uh, I have to know what it's like because I'm going <laughs> to yes. tell people about it. Exactly. It's perfect. It runs right into our business expenses. Then. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so with the magical mystery tours, and is it always, I mean, you, you've mentioned that you do do domestic and international trips. Is it always with flights? Are there any magical mystery tours that you've done where it's been a long weekend, but it's been like within driving distance or train trips or anything like that? Because I assume most of it's flying somewhere, yes. right? Yeah, you're exactly right. The vast majority of our trips are flights. We've done a couple that have been road trips. We had a couple from San Francisco that we sent to Yosemite. They'd never been there. I mean, that depends where you live. It's easier for somebody on the East Coast than maybe somebody in Kansas. Not to say there aren't places they could drive to. But yeah, we are totally open to trains. So that's the kind of thing we want to communicate with somebody ahead of time. If you think the whole world is an option and we send you two hours on Amtrak, that might be disappointing. So if somebody comes and says, I just want to get away for the weekend, it doesn't matter. Happy to do that. Though, for the most part, if you sign up for a mystery trip, there will be an airplane involved. What are some of the biggest hesitancies you've seen with people who have come to you and, and said, you know, I, I think I want to do a mystery trip, but, and then they've had these concerns. I'm sure there's like an FAQ or a list of concerns <laughs> that you hear all the time. What are those? And then what are kind of the counterpoints to those? Well, you know, I think there's sort of a personality type for a mystery traveler. And there's people who are just surprise me, I'm up for it. And then whether you're somebody who travels all the time or not much at all, there's people who are always just a little apprehensive and need to know what's going on. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. If you're listening to this thinking, I don't want to do a mystery trip, that sounds miserable. It's a vacation. It's supposed to be fun. If it doesn't sound fun, that's fine. Um, so I think it's just that apprehension. I mean, some people do have really well-founded questions. They say, um, I have some physical limitations. I have some dietary limitations. Things like that that we're happy to work with. Or, I mean, this was actually really interesting, but we had some LGBT trips where people said, hey, we want to know we're in a place that will welcome us. And I just that had was, someone email me asking me the same thing. Can you help me plan a trip? She, I should come to you, actually. She wanted an idea of where to go on their honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And so she was asking me if I could book her stuff with her miles, which we can do. But she also just wanted suggestions. And she said, I, I need to go somewhere that me and my wife feel comfortable. You know, mm -hmm. we're a gay couple. We yeah. need to go somewhere that we feel comfortable. Something that I hadn't ever given much thought to, obviously, in my situation but it, it actually opened my eyes and I thought, yeah, this is this is a concern for some people. You can't go to certain countries where, I mean, you're not going to Russia, mm -hmm. things like that, where it's just frowned upon, looked down upon. Um, so that's interesting that you bring that up. I, I guess you had to do some research then and, and really make sure that it was going somewhere that it was not only not frowned upon, but kind of accepted even. Yeah. So um, our travel planner, Stephanie, was working on this one and she did an amazing job. She looked at the State Department list of sort of recommendations on this. And then she's like, oh my gosh, it says like these 30 countries you don't want to go to, but they said they, they've been to these ones and loved it. So she went back and just said, hey, you know, I see you've been here. I'm I'm getting some mixed messages. Tell me, like, what exactly are you looking for? Do you want the State Department to approve it? Do you just want to know? Like, what what is it that you're looking for? And then they filled us in on sort of what they had in mind, and they just didn't want a hostile environment or to be supporting a government that completely wasn't comfortable with their lifestyle. 
So that was the perfect example where we didn't give out any clues to the mystery, but we are not going to send people somewhere that they might not be comfortable or feel welcome. So that's where you just need a little back and forth and to get on the same page with your travelers. And you are steadfast about not giving people <laughs> the information of where they go. Even to the point last night, you were talking about some trip that people were planning. Obviously, I have no idea who these people are. And you're like, we don't say where it is because we were talking about a, a complicated one or a, or a big <laughs> one that you were doing. And I think that's pretty cool because that is, give them the process of how, how you do it, because you mentioned to me a week out that you give them the weather report, but then how do the people actually find out? Because I'm sure people are listening like, hey, this sounds great. How do I actually find out where I'm going? Like, do I show up at the airport and there's a clown there saying, welcome for Magical Mystery Tours, follow us? Or how do they do that? <laughs> no clowns yet. Um, maybe, maybe someday. Um, there's a market there. Well, so the way it works is a week out, we email you your weather report, and then a few days before you leave, you get a package in the mail. You open it up, and it's a sealed envelope that says, do not open till you get to the airport. So we've already told you, you want to be at O'Hare or at Dulles, wherever your airport is, at such and such a time. But you take your envelope, you open your envelope at the airport. So it's it's very controlled. I mean, we're always on email. If if somebody's worried that their package isn't there in time, we will be ready with a PDF. I mean, that doesn't really happen much. But so you have all the info you need. You open it at the airport and you're good to go. And you guys lend support then throughout the trip if there's issues with something, with flights or hotels. Are you there in case... They need to call someone to say, hey, something's wrong with our hotel reservation or, or whatever it is or weather-related stuff delaying them and things like exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, our phones are always on. I mean, there's always things. If you want to change the date on a tour, it might be more efficient to just call the tour operator and you have all that info. But yeah, we're ready to go if there's a weather issue, if there's a hotel issue, anything at all. Cause, I mean, especially we've booked it. We made those decisions. We have all the info. So um, I think we're happy to help with things when they come up. And once people then get on the plane and they know where they're going and they and they land, you can also do some stuff for them once they get there. It's not always just a, hey, we're going to surprise you with the destination thing. You can also book activities for them while they are at that destination, right? Exactly. So when you sign up for a mystery trip, you tell us either... I will figure it out when I get there or you can pay a small extra fee and we'll give you some activities. So we'll book um, tours around the city, restaurant reservations, kind of the key things you'll want to do in a location. And we'll have a separate survey that you can fill out to tell us sort of the price range for activities, what you like to eat, what you hate, all that stuff. So while it is a mystery, it is always customized to what you want. Um, right. We are never sending people to North Korea or... Um, it's it's always places you're going to love. <laughs> so when they get there and and let's say they've booked a few activities, do they know, know the activities ahead of time or do they get there and then you know they open up another <laughs> envelope on day one and it's like you have reservations to here and then day two you're going hiking or do they know once they open up that first envelope kind of what the itinerary is going to be? Yeah, you open up the envelope and you get your itinerary. It's not a constant yeah. surprise. No, like nesting, no. I Russian think, nesting oh dolls of envelopes, right? <laughs> you know, we've had a couple travelers. I can think we did one honeymoon this summer where they wanted to know we did have two envelopes. They wanted to know their first layover. So you open the envelope and find out that. We've had people who sort of negotiated with the airlines when they get there. They're like, 
don't don't say where we're going because they'll know they have a few layovers. But but yeah, that's that's um not the norm. Um, we we are happy to work with you to edit your surprise in a way that works for you. A lot of times people have us email like email their parents where they're going to be. So just like send the PDF to somebody, um, which is fine. I mean, it's up to you if you trust them to keep your secret. <laughs> yeah, you're open to doing whatever it takes to make their experience the one that they want. Yes. Yeah, there is. I mean, there is no point in people worrying unnecessarily or having your family freak out that we've sent you to North Korea, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we it is controlled to a certain degree. What are some of the coolest mystery tours that you've helped book? Like, there must be a few that just stick out in your mind as either crazy ones for for various reasons or just ones that you thought, wow, this person is getting such an epic trip. Like, I wish uh. this was me going on this trip. I think all of them. I don't think I've ever seen a mystery trip that I, I haven't wanted to be on. Um, we had one gal last year who um, she she runs a group called Bucket List Beasts. She has been everywhere. She's an awesome traveler. Um, she sent us a bucket list. And she was a good challenge. So we had her sail from Panama to Colombia. That was on her list. Now, at the same time, we would not do that for most people. I think a lot of people would not want to do that. Right. Um, That's a pretty but, crazy adventure, yes. right? So she's on a sailboat with like you go, you make your meals on the boat, you meet the crew. Honestly, that wouldn't be like my top one, but it was amazing. We just did a surprise honeymoon to Australia where they toured different chunks of Australia, which was definitely I was jealous. We've had some really neat ones where um, there was a mom who wanted to surprise her daughters over spring break. So the mom flew over to Europe and then sent the daughter over separately. And they went they went all over the place. I think they started in Amsterdam, went over to Italy, took some trains. But yeah, and I think some of those things like that, it's just a family experience. And it's so neat to be able to do that together and to surprise your kids with something like that. Yeah, and we talk about the surprise of it, and that is some of the value of booking mystery tours that you don't know. But the other part is that you don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, I kind of that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I think of, oh well, these people are going to book this mystery tour, so I'm not sure where I'm going to go. That's really cool. But not only are you not sure where you're going to go, you also you don't have to deal with, like you said, the 10, 12, 15, 70, whatever it is, hours of actually booking hotels, figuring out the best ones. You're you're paying for someone to give you a mystery, but you're also paying for them to do all the nitty gritty hard work. Exactly. And I think one thing we've realized as we've gotten further into this is that as as an adult, there's not a lot of surprises. When you're a kid, Christmas is a huge surprise or there's just always surprising things happening. But surprises are awesome. Anticipation is awesome. And in a case like this, it's a good thing. You're going to like your trip. It's not, do I get this job or not? Or something like that where there's a potential huge negative. So the anticipation is really fun. I mean, for us, we always interact with our travelers. But um, one of my cousins got married this summer and did a mystery honeymoon that we got to plan. So it was crazy for me to be that up close. And at the wedding reception, everybody was talking about it. People were like, oh, buy you drinks. Where are they going? They had a map up and people got to guess. So it's just, 
it's really fun to have anticipation for something that you know will be great, but you don't know. Like there's a moment when you will find out, but it's a surprise. That is a great point because I, as you're saying that, I was thinking back to, you know, you're eight years old and you're so excited for Christmas and now I'm 32 and you know, I don't, Christmas is okay. It's great, <laughs> but it's another day and you don't have that building up to anything. And, you know, for us with traveling, we always know where we're going to go. We always plan stuff ahead. Now, occasionally we get a mistake fair. It's like, hey, we're going to Italy in three weeks. And we talked about mistake fairs on some of the other podcasts. And that is almost like as close as I've gotten to a mystery trip because it comes up. You're not planning like we were not planning to go to South Africa. These cheap tickets came up and all of a sudden, hey, in September, we're going to South Africa. Totally not on our radar. And it happens because there was a really cheap ticket. But we still know that we're going and we still have seven months or eight months to plan with a mystery tour. Yeah, you don't know until you actually get there. That's such a cool feeling. When you go to Mistake Fair, it's probably not your number one destination. It's not what you would have said. This is what I'm going to plan for myself right now. Funny, my boyfriend and I just got back from Vegas this weekend because we found an $80 fair. And neither of us love Vegas. Vegas is fine. But I just booked it because it was $80. And then we ended up doing Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon, which were amazing, but weren't even on my radar. Never would have gone there. But now I'm so thankful we did. And I think that's something with a mystery trip that there's all these amazing places. Like, I'm sure I could surprise you with a crazy trip that's not on your radar. And I bet you could do. Challenge. Here we go. Okay, bring it. Um, And you could probably surprise me. And I mean, no matter how much you study travel or read travel magazines or listen to travel podcasts, there's just always places you don't know that, I mean, once we kind of know where you've been and what you like, we can surprise people. And so many people come back and say, that wasn't even on my radar. I I opened it and had to like look at a map to figure out where that was. But that was awesome. And that's I think that's a huge benefit of letting us surprise you. Yeah, there is so much value in just getting to have that feeling and not having to have to worry about it leading up to it. You just have to pack your bags, make sure you throw your swimsuit in. If you guys tell them the show, <laughs> yes, yes, swim we, we give reminders like knows, that. Wherever you're going. But that is, it's just a really, really neat idea that I think is one that a lot of people haven't heard about. And one that I think a lot of people can really benefit from both travelers who are inexperienced and travel once a year and just wants, like you said, like your friend that did the first trip that you did the first trip for, he just was too busy and he needed a vacation, but he was never going to sit down and do it himself. Or the super experienced travelers are like, like me, I get to a point where I'm like, this is great. It would be nice to just have someone send me somewhere because I, I do all this research and all this overthinking and things like that. So you can really do like both sides of the coin can benefit. I think so. And I mean, we absolutely love the challenge of an extreme traveler and finding somewhere they haven't been. But it's also so fun to know that somebody hasn't been on a vacation in a few years and this is a really big deal for them and they want it to be that perfect getaway. So I mean, yeah, that we haven't really found travelers that aren't the right fit for this. Right, right. That's perfect. So for you personally, you have to sit here every day and like book these trips and get happy about it and then say, oh, wait, it's not me going on it. I did all this research and all this planning. How did you get into travel? How did you decide that, hey, this is going to be 
not just a little part of my life, but this is basically going to be my life. It's going to be my job helping others, and I'm going to do it like you mentioned. You just hopped on a flight last weekend to go to Vegas. <laughs> I know you're going to Dubai in a couple weeks because mm-hmm. of a mistake fair. What is it? like? Why do you just feel such a draw to help people do it and to do it yourself? I lived in D.C. for 10 years and worked in politics. And I think working in politics, you realize there's things going on in every single state. So I was traveling a ton for work. And sometimes it was, oh, you have to work with somebody in Hawaii who's running a campaign there, which is great. And other times you're in North Dakota or Nebraska. And honestly, I loved all of them. It's just fun to see different places and what's special about all of them. So I was just always up for going anywhere, whereas I'd work places where everybody wants to fight over the trips to Vegas or California. And I was like, I've never been to North Dakota. I'm so excited, which is probably odd, but true. So I loved traveling. And um, I think people just realized I was on the road all the time and happy to talk about it, happy to talk about where anybody was going and help plan it. So yeah, when when things just started clicking with the mystery trips, it was just a great opportunity to be able to make this happen for other people. And I mean, even when you're not going on a trip, it's still really fun to read everybody's trip reports and always just be on the lookout for the next fun place to send somebody. Yeah, I tell people that it's almost as much fun or maybe even more fun for me to send a friend or a family member or even a reader who I become close with or anything like that on a trip and get a report back. And there's a reader that has been emailing quite often recently and he went through our boot camp and he's going for the first time to Kenya. And he just, he wrote wow. me a letter. He's like, this is the very first time I'm using points and miles. I'm going for $70 to Kenya. I'm staying for a <laughs> month. I would have never thought about using Airbnb to get an apartment, but I'm doing that. I would have just stayed in the hotel. It would have cost me three times as much. And I get as much excitement out of that, maybe even more than if I was going, because you just think, if I can help someone take that first trip or that first big trip or even open up a region to them that they've never been, very rarely, almost never does someone come back and be like, ah, oh, yeah, this travel thing, like it's it's okay, but I think I'll just going to stay home from now on. It usually changes them in some way. And even if they can't afford to travel all the time, then they don't become location dependent or travel full time. Th- their mindset shifts and then they start thinking, I want to do more of this. Exactly. And I think we make travel easier and more fun for people ultimately. And that's great. Everybody has different things they get caught up on. If you said I was going to Kenya tomorrow, I would freak out some. And I bet it would be fine. I bet somebody could tell me what parts would be good, but I need to research a good bit. Whereas even I remember my parents were traveling and my mom was like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Would you guys mind figuring out the rental car? Like, sure, no big deal. She's like, that made things so much easier. I didn't have to research it. And Everybody has the different things you get stuck on. And I think we have enough capability that we can work through most of those hard things and make your trip better and take that stress off your plate. And we're more than happy to do that. And you've gotten good at it. You know, you certainly it is a skill in the fact that you, you know, you do more of it, you get used to it, you know where to look. And so something like a rental car, if someone said, can you book me a rental car? I In 15 minutes, I could be like, I know this is best price because I've gone through my Mm -hmm. checklist of boom, boom, boom. Here's what you do. Here's the best price for a rental car. That might take someone an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and a ton of stress. So it is cool to be able to have this skill. And I will, you know, I'll always barter with friends of mine. Like, I don't know anything about the tech side of the website. Like, hey, will you handle (laughs) all this for our website? And I'm going to help you fly to Amsterdam. 
And then they're like, sure. And I'm like, sure. So it's it's pretty cool to have that skill in your back pocket, even though most times people don't think of it as a as a skill per se. And it really is. I mean, I've had times with my own travel when I just didn't have time to figure out an itinerary and I felt so guilty, but this was a couple years ago. But so one of our travel planners and my good friend, Stephanie, I was like, Steph, I can't do this. Can I just pay you like 50 bucks to tell me what to do here? Because <laughs> I knew she would do so much better than I would on a limited amount of time. And it was totally worth it. So yeah, and we've had a lot of people push back on us, especially um, budget travelers. And I don't mind answering this at all, but hey, why should I pay you? Is it worth it? And and I don't know. It depends what your time is worth. Do you enjoy researching or does it make you want to pull your hair out? Will you be furious with your husband if he books a hotel you don't like? Would you rather blame us? It just depends on who you are. But I feel like we're providing a great service and do good research. So that's just something everybody has to figure out. Right. The people who are listening and think, you know what, that's amazing it's going to be worth it to them. And the people who are listening and saying like, well, why would I pay someone? I know exactly where I want to go yeah. for the next 10 years. It's all planned out. I love doing that part of it. Well, there you go. It, it, it's really, you answer your own question. No one can say, is it worth it? No one can say, is it worth it for for me to go through frequent fire bootcamp and learn how to use miles and points? Well, if you're going to use them, yeah, you're going to get thousands and thousands of dollars of free airfare. But if you're going to learn this and never use it, then no, it's not worth it. So it's just, it's a question of value to each person. But I love how you phrase that because it's not like you're saying everyone should come do this. It's for a certain subset of people and the people who do do it, they love it. Yeah, and I don't know if you found this, but I found, um, I've had some friends and family who are almost apologetic to me when they plan their own trips. Like, I know you guys are great, but I just really love doing this. And that's fine. Like I have some of my trips that I would never let somebody else touch. And I have some that I would be more than happy to have somebody else book for me. And it's awesome for people who want to figure that out on their own. And I want to hear what you did and how you made it work. And if you want advice, let's chat about it. And if you don't, I will keep keep my opinions to myself. Um, so yeah, it's it's like anything else. Everybody has their own way of traveling and planning. And Whatever works for you is fine. And there are plenty of people out there that need your service. And that's what I always get to. I'm like, hey, don't worry if you don't want to do what I'm doing. If you don't want to get frequent fire miles, you know, sometimes people are apologetic about that. (laughs) I know you could help me, but I just, I don't want to do it right now. I'm like, there are millions of people out there who need the help. I'll focus on them. Come back to me when you think you need help and things like that. But we're talking about travel skills. So we're talking about all these <laughs> skills we have and how good we are at traveling. I'm putting all that in quotes for those of you who can't see me doing it. But one of the questions that I love asking everyone who comes on the podcast is what their biggest travel mishap was. Because everyone assumes that the more you travel, the better you get at it. And that is... Right to a point, maybe I know how to find (laughs) rental cars in 15 minutes, it takes you three hours, but I have made so many mistakes the more I travel because I get more lax about some things. And listeners know that, they know that we got stuck in Singapore because I didn't (laughs) check my passport and all this stuff. Do you have a travel mishap, something that you did that was just a moment that you thought, I can't believe I did, like, how dumb am I for doing this? (laughs) I didn't realize there were two airports in Dallas. And I showed up to DFW with a rental car full of people, turned in the car and said, okay, um, tell me where to go for Southwest. This was a few years ago. And they just look at me like, oh, honey, when is your flight? And like, something's wrong. Uh, like, 
that that's it at Love Field. That's not DFW. So I was cutting it close. I missed the flight, probably took three circles around Dallas because I was so overwhelmed trying to get there. You're totally right. The more you travel, the more you wing it. I was in Tokyo with zero Japanese currency this fall and could not figure out where to get money to get on the subway. The I couldn't use my credit card for food, so there was like an hour meltdown. Yeah, you just have to think of those things ahead of time. I can commiserate <laughs> with that Japanese story because I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast because I forgot about it, but Heather and I moved to Japan to live for at least a year. It ended up being two years, and we get there... You know, I have some cash on me. I convert it to yen. And we're about like three days into my trip here. And I had to go out and buy a bed, an air conditioner, a refrigerator. We had to buy everything for our apartment. So we were spending a decent amount of money here, even though I was buying it secondhand. And eventually, my debit card stops working. And so I'm with this teacher and I'm like, hey, um, you know, like for whatever reason, I, I can't take any more money out. And I was down to what is like you know, what is the equivalent to about 10 US dollars? And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, I'm, I'm on a different time zone. I have 10 US dollars to my name. I have no way of getting extra money out. My credit cards aren't working here. And she was like, well, do you want to go out for lunch? And I looked at her, are you kidding me? Like, I'm down <laughs> to $10. I can't even afford to go out to lunch. And, you know, I this was the third day there. I thought I was going to have to borrow money from this lady who I had just met and who was driving me all over to pick up this stuff. And so there have been times where I've been very, very low on money in Japan as well. And it's not an easy <laughs> country to figure out what to do because, you know, everything looks like symbols. It's all, yeah, it's that all kanji. That was exactly it. Yeah, it was, oh, well, where do we exchange money? Around the corner. And then you're in basically like the Japanese equivalent of Times Square. So, so yes, you figure that out before you go out to see the pandas and can't pay your admission to the park. So it's uh, so did you get to see the pandas eventually, though? We did, but okay. we had to go back a whole other day. They were, I mean, at that time I was living in D.C., they were pretty similar to the D.C. pandas, but mm. we did see the Japanese pandas. Well, it's <laughs> nice to know that other travel experts actually make these mistakes, too. What is then some of the advice you can give people? Because you yourself are an avid traveler, as you've mentioned. And you also love the whole travel hacking thing. You love the miles <laughs> and points thing. We geeked out about that last night. You do as much, if not more than me. So you've done some traveling and you've done traveling on what we'd call a budget. What are some of your tips for how people can save money when they travel so that they can travel more and spend less? Uh, oh, this is a hard one. Um, well, I think if your goal is really to make the most out of travel you can totally get into miles and points. I flew around the world first class for $130 this spring. It was absolutely amazing. I think our tickets would have priced out around 20000 which never, ever, ever would be an option. If I had $20,000 to randomly blow, I would not blow it on that. Yeah, so miles and points are amazing. It's if you get satisfaction out of reading the fine print and things and sorting that out. But I mean, there are, there are trips everywhere that don't have to be expensive that are amazing. I, I would challenge anybody to say within two hours driving distance of where you lived, you've covered every amazing thing there is to see. Ocean um, City, New Jersey in the winter. <laughs> I've never been. It's an hour and a half from me. And here I'm getting a whole new experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you just have to know what's fun for you. And for some people, exploring Tokyo and figuring that out is fun. And for some people, that is miserable. And 
for me, it's somewhere in the middle. You just have to know your limits and what's fun and um, what will drive your travel companions nuts. So yeah, I think it's just knowing knowing what you like and and trying it. And you know what? We talked about this last night, but not every trip has to be the trip of a lifetime or perfect. You're going to make mistakes or you're going to go to the beach somewhere and it's going to rain for the week. But just know that's going to happen and it's okay. And there's a museum somewhere or something else or you can go back. It's not all life or death. Yeah, and I think you made a great point with knowing what's going to drive your travel companions nuts or you nuts. You know, people who have listened know that we used to stay in $2 a night hostels. We have since upped our game now. And, and it really is trying different things out, seeing if you like it. Maybe you're the type of person who does want to scrimp on accommodations and could sleep anywhere, but you really love eating out at nice restaurants. So that's what you spend your money on. Or maybe it's vice versa. You want to be somewhere with a nice bed, but you could care less about eating at nice restaurants. You want street stalls. So it's kind of prioritizing too, you know, setting a budget or coming in with an idea and saying, well, here's where I'm going to cut some corners versus here's where I'm going to spend a little more money. Exactly. And no trip will ever be perfect. Um, sort of know what your Except what maybe your must a magical ha- mystery well, tour. Well, I'm sorry. Of course the magical mystery tour will be perfect. Um but yeah, know what's critical and then know what are kind of the nice to haves, but don't get too caught up on it. Yeah, that's the perfect way. To, and, and Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. Even bigger thank you for pulling us off of this deserted island yesterday, getting us into civilization. We actually got to go out to a restaurant, have a beer. It was very nice to get away from Ocean City, New Jersey after being here for seven days. So I appreciate that. Happy to help. And if you could remind people once again how they can come connect with you. And if they're interested, if they've been listening, they're like, well, this magical mystery tour thing seems really cool. I want to check it out. I want to even, you know, get a a quote. I don't know if you guys call it a quote, but get some feedback from you guys. I'm interested in this. What should they do? How can they find you? Well, our website is www.magical-mystery-tours.com. And you can go to the site, read some trip reports. But ultimately, if you want to do a mystery trip, you can check out our survey there and let us know what you're interested in, when you want to travel, what your budget is, things like that. So you fill that out. Then we get in touch with you to work out details and make your trip happen. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you guys are interested in planning a mystery trip or even just looking into it, we've touched a lot about what it is now. So I think you guys get the idea. But maybe you want some more feedback. Um, not having to worry about a thing, basically letting someone give you a surprise. I love that you put it that way. That's just a surprise. Definitely head over to magical-mystery-tours.com. Get in touch with Denise. It's a really cool idea. One that is unlike any other one out there. So I just think that is great what you're doing, Denise. Also, guys, don't forget, if you want the show notes or you want to listen to any other episodes of this podcast, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. And we just put together a thing this past week a PDF on our top 20 ways to save money when traveling. I made it up into this nice little beautiful PDF. I I learned how to use iBook Author. So it's a nice PDF. You can get that uh, totally for free. Head over to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash free. That'll get you on the email newsletter and you get the PDF. Denise, thanks again for joining us, making the 30-block trek down from 44th (laughs) down to 13th here. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Until next time, guys, happy free travels.